the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 970 The Answer presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information from the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. I'm getting closer to my house. Call now. 866-970-9622. That's 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elliman's CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back. We're just talking about all the real estate trends. You hear so many real estate trends and so many different ways of doing things. But as promised, and we are so excited to have him on the show and I can't emphasize how important, how how important uh, having an elder care attorney is. Um, we used it, and I have to tell you, my dad was a regular guy, and uh, we we got an elder care attorney well before he got sick, and he uh, <clears throat> we didn't have to borrow any money. He was able to. We protected the assets. It was all because we had great advice. Um, so. Um, I have David Pinto, and, and, and as I said, all of David Pinto's clients have one common goal, and that's to protect their assets and insulate their nest eggs from potential claims arising from future creditors, personal injury, lawsuits against business and real property owners, estate and gift taxes, and costs of long-term health care, um, long-term care. His law firm is a... Also, a central information center for all matters related to aging beyond the legal financial matters. They also educate seniors on longevity, functional fitness, nutrition, and wellness. And as Jerry, who is an attorney, and I always tell you, and Ace, um, you have to find an attorney that specializes in what it is that you, you need a specialist. It's not something that a general attorney should do. It's someone who's really got the experience of being an elder care attorney. So, David, thank you so much. Hi, Daddy. How are you? Thanks for that great introduction, by the way. Well, it's true. And so years <laughs> ago, you know, years and years ago, we, um, my father was not sick, so we just went to an elder care attorney and said, you know, he's getting older. Uh, what should we do? And he was, like, really mad. I think it was hard to get, you know, he was like, what? To my brother, what do you want me to die or something? Do you want to get all my money? Okay, what are you trying to do? Well, you know, they, you know, he was really not good about. It. But we, we we got him to go, and we followed this elder care's attorney's advice. I can't remember who he was. I'm not even sure if he practices anymore. And uh, thanks to that advice, uh, and my father ended up with dementia, so he uh, was really sick and had to have care twenty four seven. Uh, we really, and and he was a, a you know a, 
an average worker. He worked for the city, so he made he had a good pension, but he didn't really make a major salary. Uh, but we really paid for everything on his money because we were advised by an elder care attorney on what to do. And, of course, we did it way before he was sick. So let me ask you, because people ask us so many times, uh, how do I protect my house from long-term medical costs and nursing homes? Like, in other words, so if you were to go, I mean, maybe you should explain that. So if I have, uh, whether I'm the child and I have elder parents that own a home and maybe are not sick at the moment but could end up in a nursing home or Mm -hmm. um, spouse or something, what do you, I'm sure that's a a big question for you, no? It's pretty much a question I hear every day, Daddy. I mean, you know, I sit with families. My my day is comprised of probably, you know, three to four meetings every single day with numerous families. Uh, That's the type of practice that elder law really is. And every family has similarities and every family has differences. But the one goal I think that every family walks in here with is I've worked my whole life. I've accumulated X, Y, and Z, a retirement account, a home, a savings account, um, you know, maybe some personal property. And I'm not sick now, but I'm worried in the future what would happen if I wound up in a nursing home, which, in fact, the statistics say that about a third of the population uh, wind up in a nursing home these days, uh, and that's, uh, that's um, increased. Yeah, I would also say, it's incre- yes, I would agree. I don't know the numbers like you do, but I do know that less children today want their kids, their parents living with them. So, um, you sure. know, I think, I think years ago people took in their parents more. Yeah, the other thing is, you know, medical technology keeps people uh, around longer physically. And like you mentioned about your dad, and I'm sorry to hear that story, uh, he had dementia, which many, many, uh, many people are now, uh, you know, falling, uh, falling prey to that illness. And there's no and it's, cure. It's oh, like... and it's so, it's so, so challenging, you know, it's oh, so challenging please. because can you stay at home? Well, yeah, I want to stay at home, but what if I get lost? What if I wander? What if I, you know, what, what if I can't find my way? What if I can't manage? What if I leave the stove on? Uh, you know, they have to be monitored and watched at home, and so it's very challenging. So it's very hard to stay out of a nursing home when you have dementia long-term. Uh, and, you know, we kept him me- out. We kept him out on his money. Uh, we, uh, But, again, we were advised way ahead of time. We didn't know he was going to have dementia, so it wasn't that we knew. But we went to someone like yourself. So what do you tell people? So, in other words, because you can't really do something the day before somebody gets sick. I mean, if they get sick, I think it's too late, isn't it? Well, we have, we have some emergency measures, Davi, that we use. We call it emergency Medicaid planning. And if somebody's done no planning and they're not married in New York, we can do some sophisticated planning where we can protect about 40% of the assets. Really? Yeah, but if you have retirement accounts in New York, they're fully protected. If you're over 70 and a half and you have an IRA or a pension that's in payout status, uh, Medicaid can't touch it. So Medicaid is an unfair program. Uh, by the way, Medicaid is the program. It's not Medicare, which you know is uh, health insurance, government-funded health insurance. Medicaid is the program that pays for long-term care. And you can get on Medicaid if you have less than $14,850 in assets. Wait a which second. Is, if you have less than 14000 so obviously you don't own a house. Well, a house is exempt also up to about $800,000 in equity in New York. However, if you, you, you can get on Medicaid, own a house with that equity in it, but Medicaid will likely put a lien on the house and recover any funds that they paid out. So it's kind of pointless to use that 
um, that, that option, uh, the only benefit you get from doing that option is you get you have to reimburse Medicaid on death or sale at their reimbursement rate, which is about 70% of the rate you would private pay for nursing care at home or nursing care in a facility. So uh, there are many things that you can do uh, to plan, but yet we certainly don't recommend waiting until uh, somebody gets sick. There's a five-year look-back period in New York. Uh, so, you know, you want to plan uh, at least five years in advance. So when, uh, David, when mm-hmm. should somebody um, come to you? And I, I, I want to say that in many cases it's the children that have to push it. Um, but when or when, when is it, good, like, is there an age? Uh, is there, mm-hmm. yeah. the children... Yeah, who sure. are adult children, if they have, you know, they know their parents have assets. A lot of times parents really are, you know, nobody wants to deal with death that or, or people don't even want to deal with that issue. When should somebody call you? Yeah, well, these are difficult emotional issues. There's a lot of uh, buttons that are being pushed when you're talking about, you know, aging, getting ill, nursing homes your assets, your children dying, you know, you, you kind of have to wrap everything into, into one plan and try and balance all those issues as, as an elder law attorney. You know, somebody will ask me, Daddy, what's the difference between estate planning and elder law? And I say, well, estate planning is you do a will to see what happens when you die. You do elder law planning in case you live. And that's really the difference between, between the two, and, and you have to balance it. You know, usually with any elder law plan, we'll do all of the basic documents, wills and healthcare proxies and powers of attorney, but we'll also look at the assets. And the typical client, to answer your question, that comes in is usually late 60s, uh, a few years into retirement, early 70s, good health, um, and nothing really on the horizon, and, and they, would, they would look to protect their assets with, with a good window of five years. Uh, but I've done trusts and protection for people in their 90s. So anywhere between, you know, ideally, somewhere between 65 and 75, uh, mid-range between 75 and 85. But, uh, so, know, but, but the, the, let me just ask you a question. Does that not assume that, does that not assume that, let's say if you say the average age that somebody comes is 65 to 75, does that not assume that you don't get sick before then? Only because I've, I've heard, I mean, I've heard so many people who are, you know, they'll say 60s young. I don't think that it's young anymore, but I, I you know, even though they say it's young still, but that's because people are living longer. Um, or do you think somebody should just come in when they're – like earlier than that and just kind of at least find out about it and and maybe set some things up? Because what happens if you're 65? There's a five-year window, correct? Five-year window for nursing home care. Remember, home care in New York, which is actually a very wonderful program they have. Um, it's called Community Medicaid. And basically, the agencies, many of the agencies that you would use for home care uh, in your house are the same agencies that uh, accept Medicaid. So, And there's no look-back period. So I could transfer a house out of your name. Yeah, this is this is important. I could transfer. Let's let's say your your only asset that it was your home, and you wanted to transfer it into a trust. And we'll talk about that in a minute because I can explain a little bit more how trusts work. Yes. Um, but if you transferred your house to a trust today, and it's January twentieth, on February first, if you had no other assets. I could apply for Medicaid, community Medicaid, and get you on community Medicaid. Uh, it's uh, and it's a great program. I mean, it re- it really is. So most people don't realize that they can they can plan in the short term for for long term home care. It's the nursing home care that New York State has the five year look back period for. 
Oh, I see. So if people come to your house, that's different. I'm sorry if they come. So in yeah, other words, in other words, look, I never put my father in a home. We never. We thought we would kill him if we did, and we didn't know he'd have dementia. So that's a horrible. That's a whole other story. But, but, but we had people come in, and I knew there were some programs where they come in a couple of times a week to help out. But when you have <clears throat> dementia, um, after a while, you really need full time care. Sure. So you're saying that people, if they don't go into a nursing home, and they put their home. In a trust, were you saying? Correct. Take uh, can you explain that a little bit? So, yeah. yeah. So a trust is, is, is the primary vehicle that we use to protect assets. You know, the, you mentioned something before that's really important. Uh, you know, the fear of losing control, the fear of, well, I don't really want to, you know, have to move my house out of my name. What if I put it in my children's name? Uh, what happens if they die prematurely? What happens if they get divorced? What happens if their creditors come? Uh, all of those things I've seen happen in practice. Every single one of them. I've seen bankruptcies, mm-hmm. premature deaths. I've seen spouses that parents didn't like inherit real estate from a, a child that deceased before the parent and uh, they because they had gifted it right to the child which is really the worst possible uh, the worst possible gifting, way to do this so you're tax, saying tax gifting it right also. to the child is not good right because first of all your, your your cost basis carries over and you don't get any tax benefits on death in other words the capital gains get eliminated on death if you use a trust, uh, you can retain all of your income tax benefits. There's no tax implications to the kids if you use a trust. So a trust that's properly crafted is really the best way to transfer your house. Uh, so let me explain what a trust is, because um, most people don't really know what a trust is unless you've, you, you know, you've oh, dealt no. with it. David, I'm going to tell you, thank you so much. You're going to have to come on a lot of times because this is so important. But go ahead, shoot. Okay, great. So... So I, I, I have a box in my conference room, and uh, I bought it at Staples. It's a black and white box, and it folds up. And I basically show the box to anybody who wants to know what a trust is, and I say, a trust is like a box. We take your deed to your house, and we put the deed into the box. You have not given it to the children yet, and you have not given up full control. But you have started the five-year clock for Medicaid purposes. So in New York State, once you put it into, uh, into a trust, and this is a very simple kind of trust, one of the simplest trusts that we do to protect from Medicaid, and the most flexible trust, it, once it's in the box, you start the clock. And remember now, you, can't, you haven't given it to the kids. They don't get it until you die. But, and you still have all kinds of control over, over the property because the, the box comes with instructions. So the instructions are the trust agreement, and it really is a contract between you and the trustee. The trustee is the person you kind of hire, let's say, to manage the trust. Who is that trustee going to be? Usually a child. Maybe it's two of your children. Maybe it's all of your children. Um, Usually in the elder law context, your trustee is a simple family member um, who you trust. Now, one of the biggest But what if the trustee doesn't know what they're doing? Right. So one of the one of the biggest <laughs> questions that comes up. Well, the, the biggest. I don't mean that. that is, I don't mean that in a bad way. But I certainly would not leave my my daughter's like, no, mom, please get somebody because I mean, she would. I mean, I, she wouldn't. That's a that's a special. That's an expertise. And when yeah. you leave, and when you leave the trust to like a couple of kids, uh, we've seen on the show, uh, Jerry and, and Ace can tell you. So the half the times they're all fighting over different ideas. All right, but you leave instructions, you leave somebody in charge of yep. that trust. Right, exactly. And the instructions are are a legal document that goes along with it. It's called the trust agreement. The trust agreement basically says, um, let, let's say Daddy, Daddy wants to transfer her house to a trust. How many kids do you have? You Just, mentioned children. I only have one. 
Okay, you have one. So that's easy. If, if, if you wanted your child to be the trustee, you could name your child as the trustee. Let's assume that uh, there really is nothing to do here. All the trustee has to do when you transfer the house to the trust is sign the deed, and nothing happens after that. You, you have all the rights in the instructions, the agreement, that's, that the instructions will say, Daddy has the right to live in the house exclusively for the rest of her life. If the house needs to be sold, the trustee has to sell it. Your, 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 your child has to sell it as trustee. But they have to have your permission to do so. So who's in control? You're still in control, oh, see, right? And I'm not as versed on that as you're saying. So you really don't have to give up a lot of control if you don't choose. We had a caller. Let me ask you this question because I see sticks in my mind. We had a caller who called in a, a while a while ago and said that his mother had left him. He was an only child, and his mother had left him her home. She mm-hmm. ended up in a nursing home. Okay. But it didn't look like she was dying anytime soon, and I don't want to sound horrible, but but basically now he couldn't afford. He couldn't afford the home. Mm -hmm. So you're saying in the trust, if you had the right instructions, you'd say, like, if the expenses get too high and I'm in a nursing home or something, I allow it to be sold or something like that. In other words, you really put the – you help somebody with uh, putting the instructions to achieve whatever their goal is. Correct, correct. Not all trusts are drafted the same. You know, every attorney is going to draft the trust differently. I mean, I draft a trust that gives the most flexibility under the law where you can change trustees. Let's say you did pick, you said daughter, right? You have a daughter? Yes. Uh, you picked your daughter as a trustee, and then you decided a year later that you didn't want her to be the trustee anymore. She didn't agree with you on whether or not you should downsize on the house or upsize on the house, whatever it is you wanted to do. All you have to do is change the trustee, and you can name whoever you want except yourself. Except yourself. And what rights do you lose? Curious. Uh, well, I what think rights? that's what everyone fears about putting things in a trust. They feel that they're going to lose rights. Sure. Well, there's two types of trusts, uh, irrevocable and revocable. And irrevocable trust, you remain the trustee, you remain in full control, and you could take it into the closet and rip it up, and the trust is over. That's a revocable trust. An irrevocable trust, you cannot take in the closet and rip up, but you can revoke it under state law. So under New York state law, all you need are two parties to revoke it, and you have the ability to name who those parties are in the trust document. So if you and your daughter didn't get along and you wanted to revoke it, let's say she said, Mom, I, I, you know, we're not revoking this trust. This is, you know, you passed the five, you look back, we're not doing it. And you say, look, I'm in charge here. I want to revoke this trust. I'm now naming, um, you know, somebody else as my trustee, my accountant or my friend right, right. Uh, as my trustee, and you can also change the beneficiaries of the trust, uh, this particular trust, which, which is also good if you want to disinherit or not disinherit or change things later, leave something to charity. You can do all that. And then the two under state law, under the statute, you can, the two people that you choose, yourself and the other person, can revoke the trust. So the trust is revocable by statute. But the difference is a revocable trust you could just rip up anytime you want by but, yourself. But is there, a, a, is there a better tax? Why do I think there's – is there a better tax advantage to a revocable trust, irrevocable trust over revocable? No, it's not the tax advantage that's the different study. The difference is actually in the, in the Medicaid planning. So the long-term care planning, a revocable trust gives you full control, but you don't get any protection. All it does is avoid probate at death. It avoids the surrogate court at death and that process. But at, during lifetime, the revocable, although it puts you in complete control, you don't get any Medicaid benefits. So you really need to do the David, irrevocable do you, do you have a little more time to give us? I just have to take a quick break. Can you uh, 
We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with David DePinto. So interesting and so important to know. An elder care attorney specializing in, in anything that you need to know to, to really save your assets and make sure you get what you want done. We'll be right back. 866-970-9622. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. Hi, we're back, and we are on the, the we're talking to David DePinto, who is, um, I guess, elder care attorney, would you, uh, and, yeah. and, and, and really gets people protected so that they can protect their assets, and they can uh, make sure that they don't lose their house, if that's, you know, that they work for. And uh, can Medicaid take your house away? No, they can't take it away. What they do is they'll, uh, they just won't pay for it. In other words, they'll, they'll say you, you own too much in, in, in assets. You have too, too much money or too much real estate, and they won't allow you to get Medicaid. Therefore, you have to pay the nursing home, and the nursing home will go after you and take your house away. So it's not Medicaid that actually takes your house away. It's and actually the nursing home. All I can tell you about nursing homes is, and again, I went through this whole process with my dad, and thank God I, we had somebody like David. Only we went much earlier. My father was not sick when we went. So uh, thank But uh, we then started to look for, uh, originally before, we, we tried to look for like places like, uh, assisted living, which is kind of a step before a nursing home, mm-hmm. where some people are can come and go. You know, some people are still working. Some people need, and you know, and then again, they have a lot of nursing homes now that, depending on what you need. So maybe in the beginning, you can still do things on your own, and then as you get worse, and they have facilities. But I got to tell you, the good ones that we found, and, and again, you don't really know until somebody's in it how good they really are, but the ones that we thought looked pretty good, they are expensive. They are not cheap. Well, the average cost of a nursing home on Long Island is about 15000 a month, but if you want a good nursing home, and there's, you know, there's, a, there's two or three that come to mind in Suffolk County, they're about $20,000 a month. We're talking about a quarter of a million dollars a year. Okay, for, so for I, mean, I want everyone to hear that. Okay. Yeah. I'll say that again. It's about a quarter of a million dollars a year for a top nursing home uh, here on Long Island. That assumes you don't have special needs. If you have a ventilator mm-hmm. uh, or some kind of respiratory needs, you could be as high as $30,000 a month. Yeah, that's uh, with a basic program that you don't need any special attention, someone to give... Uh, that's medic- room, and, room and board. That's right. If you <laughs> need someone to administer pills, if you need someone to give showers, it's all extra. So now if you don't have this set up right, uh, and you have too many assets and you don't have to, then they, they, they won't pay for anything. So then it comes out of your pocket. Now, if you're, the, if, you're the, if you're the person that's going into a home, you might leave your spouse devastated with no money eventually. And if you are the, or your children might end up because the home is going to eventually at that price, I mean, unless you have millions and millions and millions and millions or you live a very short time, uh, uh, you're going to lose everything you have, I would yeah, think. That's, that's correct. My grandmother lived 
to be 96. She had dementia too, Daddy, and uh, she was in a nursing home for about 10 years. The cost of that, you know, was, was millions of dollars. Um, and, uh, you know, she was physically, she was perfect. She just, she couldn't identify, you know, her own children. Yeah, that's what I said. I was just telling Ace, my father looked great. He looked like yeah. he was like 40 when he was 60, and we wouldn't have even known. Um, I said that I, 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 I won't say it on the air, the word he said, but my father never cursed, and so I was driving with him, and I, I had a bad sense of directions, and I got lost, and he called me a name that was a curse that I really had a car. I hit the car because I never heard my father, if he said the word damn, he would go crazy. So I knew something wasn't right, but not that he wasn't. And in the beginning stages of dementia, you wouldn't even know somebody, you wouldn't know it. And 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 until I really got, and so when I find out somebody has a parent with dementia, and um, again, the doctors told us they don't, they don't know how long. He could have had it for years. You don't know because, and he had no strange symptoms. I mean, he could hold on conversations, but it has different stages. And as it gets to the end, the worst stages, then it's a whole different deal. But in the beginning, so, okay, so what do you suggest? Where does someone start? They call you. How do they get to you? Um, sure. We're going to, we have a, um, we are developing an app, so we'll make sure we, when we get that all together, that we put your information in. But ha- so where does someone start? What? Okay, how do they get to you? Um, what's your well, website? Y- y- yeah, yeah, sure. We have a, w- a website. Um, it's the the trust attorneys um, uh, dot com, uh, and we have um, we have an office in Smithtown. We're right on Route three forty seven. We're very visible. We're right um, oh, right near El- right near Elegant Eating and um, the Watermill. Right. Uh, now, it doesn't home. matter if someone doesn't live on Long Island. Our audience comes from all over the place. So yeah. some of them are New York, some of them Queens, some of them Bronx, yep. some of them yeah, Connecticut. We, we, we service, yeah, all, all of New York. I don't, I don't do any work out of I'm not admitted in Connecticut or, uh, or New Jersey, so I, I would have to uh, – I could refer them to somebody in New right. Jersey or Connecticut. Right. You know, this is another important – and to answer your question, yes, you know, we, 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 we can speak over the phone and take consults. So uh, I, I service – People pretty much anywhere in the in the local New York area, uh, but when when you're seeking out an elder law attorney, there's a there's a uh, there's a national certification. It's called C E L A. It's called uh, it stands for Certified Elder Lawyer. Uh, New York doesn't necessarily recognize it, but it's a national uh, board certification uh, by the National Elder Law Foundation, and it's a peer review, which means that uh, you have to have other qualified lawyers um, review your uh, your resume and your work and, and give you a good reference. You have to have five years of substantial education in elder law, and you have to have five years of substantial work in elder law, plus there's a full day, uh, almost bar exam equivalent, just on elder law. Uh, there are only 37 of us in New York. There's 12 in Connecticut, and, um, and there's I, about, a, about 100 in the whole country. I using somebody who knows this, because this is a whole different... I, I know we talk with Jerry, and Jerry's a real estate attorney. I just say the same thing in real estate. Don't use your son-in-law, who, is a je- who might be a divorce attorney in real estate. You need to know somebody who's a specialist. Yeah, I, so, always, I always recommend people call somebody who does this day in and day out as you do. Right. I have a question for you, Dave, though. What, do you have sure. any uh, insight on long-term care insurance? I've had a couple of relatives who bought it, and my observation is it's great when you're young, and then as they get older, the rates start to jack up, and they really – one person has a policy that's you know almost ten thousand a year now, which mm-hmm. you know compared to the cost of long term care, of course, is insignificant. But do you have any insight on that? 
Yeah, uh, long-term care, that's a good question. Long-term care insurance is, is a tool uh, that we recommend. Uh, you know, we, we don't sell insurance, but we, uh, we have many advisors who we work with who, uh, who we recommend. And it's great, like you said, if, if you, in two circumstances. A, if you can afford it, and B, if you can qualify. Right. Uh, I had a, I had a business owner. There's a pretty rigorous mental test. I had I have a business owner client who runs a you know multi million dollar business, very astute guy, but he's a little distracted. He took a test for long term care and he failed. He couldn't get long term <laughs> care. <laughs> you know, he runs his top company, but uh-huh. you know he's just you know he's just a little distracted. And they said, oh, huh. well, you know you don't, you don't pass this test because we're afraid you're going to you know be more distracted mm-hmm. when you get older and possibly have dementia. So it, it's it's kind of funny when you think about it, but you have to qualify. And, and they're much more stringent than they are with life insurance because they can't, the insurance companies can't quantify long-term care. They can quantify mortality because they have actuaries mm-hmm. who determine you know, how many people are going to die this year, and, and they, pretty, they, they, they can get that pretty accurate. But when it comes to long-term care, they're not going to know how long you're going to need, how much care you're going to need, what kind of medications you're going to need. Uh, you know, is it at home? Is it at a nursing home? So insurance companies don't like to cover things that are uh, unquantifiable. So many of these companies have gotten out of long-term care insurance. Uh, so it's, it's gotten expensive. I mean, you, a couple, say, age 60, who wanted to purchase long-term care insurance, I mean, for a husband and wife, because each person has to be insured individually, could run you $6,000 a person per year. Right? Mm-hmm. There's a couple of better options. Uh, uh, there's, a, there's a program, um, I don't remember who's running it, one of the insurance companies, but it's, it's a life insurance policy that has a long-term care rider on it, and it basically works where um, you can borrow against the policy, you know, mm-hmm. ultimately payable when you die, for your long-term care, uh, and uh, it's, it, you're not wasting money because you're getting the life insurance either way. You know, the right. only difference is if, if say, you have a million-dollar policy and you use 500 for long-term care, you only get 500 on death. But I, I you know, I don't advocate a lot of uh, a lot of insurance policies for for these purposes. But I, but I think it's a fairly good way to approach cool. it. Uh, the other option too that we do is, you know, we, we we like to have somebody come in and start the five-year look-back period by doing a trust and doing the planning and transferring their assets uh, or at least their home to a trust and purchase the long-term care insurance for a five-year hedge. In other words... Oh, on the five years that you could not... Yes, yes, Right, I got it. After five years, cancel the insurance. I mean, don't tell the insurance agent that, but, you know, after five years, you've paid the premiums, and now you're protected after the five years anyway. So you're fully fully insulated if you do do that uh, that suggestion. So... um, but I, I do think it's a, it's a good product, again, if you can qualify for it and, and if you can afford it, or even if you can't afford it, do you really want to pay those premiums? Um, and I've also had to, I have had to sue a couple of uh, insurance companies for not paying. You know, they, they come up mm-hmm. with all kinds of ways, you know, to get out of it. Oh, um, that facility isn't, doesn't have the type of license that was in the agreement. And you look at the agreement, it's from 1986, and it's got, right. uh, or 1996, and it's in small print. Uh, but... I've been successful in, uh, in, in threatening these companies uh, under a doctrine called reasonable expectations that, look, if somebody's been paying premiums for the last 15 years, they had a reasonable expectation if they went into an assisted living facility, it was going to be covered. Yeah. Right? So, uh, but you have to be careful. You have to be very careful when you buy it, who you buy it from, um, and uh, is it going to be the right product? Uh, does it fit your needs? What's the inflation factor? You know, if, if you, have, you have a policy you bought 15 years ago. Hold on, David. We'll just take a quick break. I mean, this is so, sure. like, and then we'll give everybody the information. We'll be right back. 866-970-9622. We're speaking with David DePinto. 
who is a elder care attorney. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. Uh, we're back uh, with David DePinto, and we're talking about how to protect your assets uh, and some of the things that you should do when you're planning, you know, when you get to a certain age and you want to make sure that your estate is protected and the money doesn't go to a nursing home. Um I know I, we don't have much time left, so let me ask you two questions and then get all your information and we'll um, – if you do the trust, as you said, does that affect income tax deductions or capital gains exclusions? Great question. Great question. So, um, you know, really to do elder law properly, you have to have a good understanding of real estate, a good understanding of trust law, but you also really have, a, have to have a good understanding of tax law. So, um, you know, our, a couple of our attorneys here uh, have advanced degrees in, in taxation, including myself. I'm also a CPA. I have another uh, associate here who's also a CPA. So, so we really focus on the tax issues, you know, because you, you, could, you could draft a trust uh, that, uh, and transfer your house to, the, to a daddy and lose all of your star exemptions, your veterans exemptions. You could lose your income tax de- uh, deduction of your real estate taxes. But if you do a trust, you mean you could lose that if it's not done properly? Is that, that what you're exactly. saying? Exactly. It's, how, it's all how the trust is drafted. There's certain language that should be included in the trust, uh, specific language that needs to go in there so you can retain. You mentioned the capital gain exclusion. for the. You're talking about the $250,000 mm-hmm. if you sell the house. So, yes, that's very important. If you want to retain that, you have to put certain language into the trust in order to allow it. If you want to retain your real estate tax star exemption, senior star exemptions, you must put certain language into the trust that say it, you have to have the word exclusive. If you omit the word exclusive right to live in the house, you lose all of your star exemptions. So that's how careful you have to be when you draft these trusts, uh, and especially when it comes to tax. As far as uh, income tax deductions, it's, it's considered what's called a grantor trust, which means it's ignored for income tax purposes. So any benefit you got before you did the trust, you'll continue to get afterwards. So, uh, again, all the I think it's a lot to know. I think it's really... I think that if you're if you if you're in this position, you should absolutely call David. And if you're not, and your parents, and I know a lot of parents who are in that age group and uh, really have avoided, you know, they might have a will, but they really haven't gone this far to really figure out all this other stuff. I think if you're listening to the show and you're one of the children, um, and and we've done many shows on how to approach your parents, and we'll do that again on really how to talk to your parents without them thinking you're trying to kill them or something. Um, so, uh, but I really think that it is really, really so important. Uh, and David, now you're going to be away, but you're able to get calls, right? And is your number six three one? Six three one. Two one nine. Two four nine. Is it two one nine or two four nine? Two four nine. Oh, it's two four nine. Okay, four five four five. That's probably off the web. My actual number is six three one two four nine eight two zero zero, and my actual website is thetrustlawyers.net. We have a few domains, but that's the primary website. So, if they went on your website, the trust lawyers with a with, with plural s dot net, trustlawyers.net. Um, They'll find everything about me. They'll find everything about my firm, uh, how to contact me, email addresses, and uh, 
You uh, have been so, so, I'm going to ask you, you'll have to come back on the show. And by the way, any of our listeners, of course, if you're driving, I don't want you writing anything down. Um, <laughs> I have all the information. You can always email us um, at radio show at Element or email me. Uh, and I'll make sure you get all the information. And I'm going to say to you that you were so great to have on the show. It's a lot for people to absorb. Um, I hope that you'll come back and do some more sessions because I I so strongly think uh, we try to just really get people to have the knowledge to make these decisions, to even know about things because – you know, you work your whole life. You don't want to see it get lost if you can help it. And it makes a big difference in how you'll live. So, uh, Absolutely. So we'll, we'll post everything. And, David, I hope that you'll come back on the show. I know you're trying to understand you're traveling, uh, but we can still get a hold of you. And anybody, um, it's David DePinto. And um, please, if you didn't get the number, you can get me, and I'll have it also on our Iron Real Estate. Daddy, thank you. I'd be happy to come back. Anytime. Oh, good. Uh, just it's great. It, I'm going to call you myself. All right? <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. you. What a Take great care. guest. Thank, thank you so much for sharing. And, you know, it's so important. Uh, Very helpful. Very I mean, a lot of information. There. And there's a lot of information. And, you know, in a in a show, it's hard to digest everything. All you, it's just it's a lot. So yeah. all I think that everyone needs to know right now is you have to prepare for this. If you want it's to hold on to your assets. And if you have parents, and again, I say that because a lot of parents, you know, they're really, you know, they might have a will leaving it to their kids or something. And that's another story that we'll talk about another day. Uh, but a lot of times they haven't thought, what if I go into a nursing home? Mm-hmm. Or they'll ask that question when it's too late. Yeah. And if you go into the nursing home, then uh, after a while, the assets will. I mean, or nursing homes, and believe me, we looked at them. We didn't put my father in any, but we did look at them. And assisted living, which is, you know, for people that are maybe not that bad, but they maybe can't be on their own or they need certain – it's expensive. Yeah. Oh, It's really expensive. Uh, and I think when he said more people are going on homes, I – I'm just – this is my just guess – I think that besides for the money, I think a lot of kids uh, don't really want their parents or they're not in the position to have the room. So it's something you should do because if done right, you can really get a lot of services and protect your assets. And it's all legal, and you might as well do what is legally allowed to protect your assets. We're not talking about anything that's evasive. This is all legitimate ways to legitimately prepare for for these. I liked what he said about that insurance. Yes. For yeah, five years, helpful. like if that yeah. window, because so many people say, gee, you know, my father's sick, that he's going into a nursing home. Well, you can't do it now. Too late. It's mm-hmm. too late. You, you have to. So I didn't, I forgot. I thought it was seven, but he said it's five. So five I five. I think it's a, a really important. And does it have to do with real estate? Yeah, because most people are really, uh, their biggest asset is their home. Yeah, and, it's one of the biggest, yeah. most common questions we get is, oh, I want to transfer my house to my kids now while I'm alive. And I'm, I always tell people, talk to your tax person because, as he just said, not usually the best way to handle it from a tax standpoint. Yeah, and I, you know, and and again, that's why you have to know somebody knows what they're doing because they'll say, I mean, you can gift 20, what is it, $25,000 or so gifting? Well, each person 14 and change a year, but 
but the bigger issue is that you lose your you don't get a new basis at death as you do when you you know do it in your will so there's lots of reasons why you would consult somebody like that and it's again Dottie, you said it and it's very important it's not every lawyer i wouldn't even attempt to counsel somebody on complicated um elder planning i would refer them to somebody like David, because he does this mm-hmm. day in and day out. We're all specialists. You know, days, right? it's, it's so interesting, Jerry, because, you know, I'm here listening and so informative. And then that topic that you that you want to talk to your parents about, but you don't really want to talk about, right? So it's that uncomfortable conversation. Oh. Well, we, yeah. we've done and we'll do some shows on that. <laughs> Jerry and I have done shows on how to approach your parents <laughs> because it is uncomfortable. And a lot of parents do take it the wrong way. And I know mm-hmm. when we exactly. first talked to my fa- my father... And again, I, I'm not, I can't be exactly sure how old he was, but I, I'm assuming he was in his early 50s. He certainly was in his 60s. And uh, he was like mad at my brother. He's like, what are you kidding? What do you want my money? You want to see me dead? You, you, you know, he really didn't want to do it. And he did, but, he, but he eventually you know, went with us, and we went to a, an attorney like that. And thanks to that preparing, when he wasn't sick, we had no idea he was going to end up with dementia. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had no idea that he would. Okay, and my father lived till I think eighty-seven. Uh, so we had the money to keep him in his home. Uh, we had sold his home. We put him in a, like an over fifty-five uh, uh, private home that he lived in. We were able to have twenty-four-seven help on full day and night, and on weekends, and. Uh, we really did it on his salary. We didn't really have to kick in much money mm-hmm. because we had prepared. Yeah, it was all because you were prepared, Dottie, you know? And that's because we went to a professional. But, Jerry, so. you, ha- you have to have Dottie tell you the story of her dad. It's so funny. We were laughing. No, the he said to me, I, I, he you don't said have to say to it in me, the air. I'm not going to say the word. So I wouldn't say the word on the air. <laughs> I mean, I'd be censored anyway, but I, <clears throat> I, my, I my father never, never. Cursed. And so, you know, if you said damn or hell or something mm-hmm. like that, he went crazy. So we were driving. I was driving him someplace. I was, he was driving <laughs> with me and I was lost. And he started really, calling me so these. And he was, oh, yes. Well, you, you know. <laughs> so he was cursing. At, but all right. So then he started cursing with these words that, like, would make you turn red or make me turn red. And I had an accident. I hit the car. Okay. Because I was you like in shock. shock. Uh-huh. And. I said, are you crazy? Get out of my car. And I said, look, you just made me have an accident. So and he, he knew the words. He just never used them when he was. Well, of course, yeah. But, you know, when you, <laughs> your parent never used the words and he yells at you for, like, nothing worse. Yeah. So, um, but he was normal. So nothing. I just knew something had to be. Something was wrong. I didn't mm-hmm. think to mention whatsoever. Uh, there was no way that he had any symptoms that I would have known. And I, and that's the problem with dementia. You don't know how long somebody has had it. And so, I mean, sometimes you can think you have it if you forget your keys or you, you know. You, but he was fine and because there's stages. And some people, in the beginning stages, you don't really recognize it. So we had him tested, and uh, I'll never forget it. It's really sad because... I was so mean. I didn't mean to be, but I was taking off from work. And as you know, I'm a workaholic, and I, he had to take these tests. I said, you can't eat. You can't eat. I keep on calling him to tell him you can't eat all day. He eats, and I tell him I now I yell at him and everything like that. I'm like, why did you eat? I called you five times. And he said, he started to cry. 
He said, I can remember 20 years ago, but I have to, I don't tell anybody, but I can't remember what mm. I had for lunch. Yeah, and when I, yeah, and when I told my brother and we had him tested, it was the beginning of dementia, and they didn't believe me. That's how normally it was. So, you know, but um, that's a whole other thing. I, I, I hope they can someday find a, uh, a, a cure for that or something because it's uh, not a good way to go. But in any event, it was a very informative show. Um, I uh, look forward to having a great week, and we will be back next week with another great show for you, and I'll see if I can post uh, all of the information on the app. Have a great weekend, everyone. See you next week. Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.